Wave pool technology is progressing at a rapid rate, and commercially surfable wave pools are opening around the world. Welcome to the Wave Pool Mag podcast. My name is Nick Robinson, and through my guests, we take a detailed look at this fascinating new game. Check us out on wavepoolmag.com. For your curiosity and stuff. Let's just jump in here and thank our sponsors. Endless Surf brings the next generation of powerful, efficient, and customizable waves to the world of inland surfing. The most versatile technology on the market today, Endless Surf allows surf parks to generate waves only when and where they're needed. The unique heart-shaped design maximizes beachfront and allows both experts and intermediates to enjoy the same session in a more natural surf setting. Backed by four decades of expertise in aquatic engineering, design management and master planning, Whitewater's Endless Surf holds a solid reputation for mastering the thousands of details each project faces. Trust Endless Surf to power your project to commercial viability. Wavepool Mag is proud for them to support us here in the podcast, so check them out on www.endlesssurf.com. Good morning and welcome to the Wavepool Mag podcast. We're excited today to see that the pre-opening is confirmed for the Alaya Bay Switzerland wave pool. It's super exciting. It's probably the most uh, imminent news of the next year. You can actually book now on their website at aliabay.ch and um, for the first few sessions. So let's see, the whole of Switzerland will probably be coming over to Alaya Bay. It'll be the first wave pool to open in continental Europe. And uh, it's really exciting news. So we get to chat to the CEO, um, chat to Adam Bonveur about how it all set up and how he got it going and, uh, and how it's panned out from now because it's a long ride from having an idea to opening a proper fully-fledged wave pool. So let's chat to Adam Bonveur. Well, good morning, Adam. Thanks so much for getting onto the Wave Pool Mag podcast. Really appreciate having you on. Thank you, Nick, for having me. It's a pleasure. Excellent. So are you based in, in Switzerland right now? Yeah, exactly. I live in uh, Grand Montana. It's a ski resort in Valais, so in the Swiss Alps. And uh, it's located uh, 20 minutes away from the wave pool site. Brilliant. So did you go for a ski before breakfast? <laughs> I wish, but uh, we didn't get <laughs> much snow. It, it snowed on Monday, but now uh, it's rained, so it's not the best. Yeah, it feels like down here in Portugal, we're getting a big cold front coming through. Some good swells are coming through, and it looks like the whole of Europe is going to have a pretty pretty hectic weekend yeah we we hope to have some snow before christmas is always the best like this uh but this year with coronavirus we will see uh, how it will be to ski but we are all excited to get some snow again yeah have they said anything about um you know restricting the opening of ski resorts etc with coronavirus yeah, yeah they they're fighting because europe half of europe are closing like france germany and italy they are closing mm. their ski resort for christmas but uh, austria and switzerland we we are open so a lot of pressure from Europe for us to close but uh, for us it's such a huge business that uh, they don't want to close and and really destroy the local economy sure it's going to be amazing to see how that pans out uh, yeah. but um Adam so back to you because it appears that I did a little bit of research on LinkedIn before and it appears you've pursued a career in sound engineer management is that correct Yes, really the opposite from what I'm doing now. But basically, <laughs> I was always attracted to music and the music industry and the art world. And uh, I went to London to study sound engineering. 
And uh, then somehow when I get back uh, from my study, I start working in a music studio. But for me, it wasn't like a real job because this was my passion. So it never felt like that. So on the side, somehow I, I worked extra hours to start my company uh, with the goal to bring action sports, uh, better infrastructure in Switzerland and the goal to bring a wave pool. So that's somehow uh, really the opposite uh, from uh, my background, but just to be creative and uh, just to go for your passion it's i think what's drive me to do the project do you still um work with a little bit of, of sound and, and recording at all i mean because you must have worked with with a few interesting bands as well huh? yeah of course i still do that on the side uh to be frank lately it was so so much work for the wave pool that we i put that aside but yeah i've uh, in the first uh, complex we open in in a ski resort i have a, a some music studio there so i still work sometimes on the weekend but uh for now i'm really focused to to open uh, the wave pool sure and i'm just curious have you done any any movies and things like sort of sound design for films or is it mainly with um no i mainly work i studied that but i mainly work with uh with bands so mostly between london and and switzerland so Mm -hmm. recording them composing for them uh i did some uh, ads as well but uh mostly for really music uh, oriented to, to work in, in movies, it's another path and it's really another job. Okay, cool. So, but obviously being Swiss, um, you mentioned action sports and, and did, did you grow up skiing and things like that? How did you move, make, move into surfing? So, yeah, basically, as I, as I was born in the mountain in the Swiss Alps, basically every Wednesday and Saturday and Sunday, we are on, in the ski club and we ski from morning till uh, late. Uh, and uh, somehow... I like to ski, but I was always attracted uh, with water and to see like everyone doing like floaters and riding those waves uh, on movies or picture for me was always like uh, such an amazing uh, like uh, image. So when I was a kid around 11, 12, I annoyed my parents to send me to a surf camp in France around Osgore and uh, nice. they agreed and I've been, uh, I tried at 11, 12 to surf and since then every Summer, I was in a surf camp until I was uh, 16. I could travel alone. And then since then, I, tr- I traveled, uh, tried to travel at least once or like one month or two. Depend on uh, my time I have to go surf around the world. So do you think your parents regretted sending you to that surf camp in Osago? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> they always push me to, to do what I want. So it's great. I'm lucky oh, for fantastic. that. Because I know, I mean, obviously surfing is like a drug, isn't it? And, a, and especially not having not having surf breaks around you in Switzerland, it must have been quite challenging to be able to to get to waves. So yeah, how yeah. did you, was it like every year that you would go or did you go more often? No, uh, when I was 16, I was able like every single school break, I would take the train and go uh, to France a lot. Uh, it was like nine or 12 hours train. But uh, even sometimes for four days, you know, I, I was checking a bit uh, the swell, if we're getting some special waves or not. And then, uh, yeah, every time I got, got some times off, I was traveling. And uh, sometimes I, when I got my driving license, I, I just drove there for two or three days, getting like for a weekend, uh, 20 hours of drive just to, to get wet and surf. <laughs> but as it's, it, it's a, yeah, it's a drug. And in, in winter, we get sometimes lucky uh, at four, four hours away from where I live. We got all the Italian coast like the Cinque Terre, where they got uh, a lot of um, a lot of waves in winter. So if we got some uh, some storm in the Mediterranean Sea, uh, and I check the forecast, sometimes we get like four or five hours of swell in a, and we can go for the weekend. So 
That's oh wow! In the Cinque Terre, I didn't even think yes. that you could surf there. That sounds amazing. Yeah, in Italy, uh, I was uh, also surprised that even in Sardinia, they get more than two hundred days of uh, waves per year. Wow. And uh, but is it a very cin- small period? And and was uh, was it no? So it? I know in Sardinia is more exposed. So there they get waves all around the year. But in uh, if we, if you want to get lucky, uh, you have to try around winter time. Uh, to go in the Cinque Terre because the the swell really comes when you got this uh, winter storm and uh, but it's it's really nice because when you get out of the water you can enjoy the Italian food and the landscape mm. is really the opposite of what we are used to when we go surf so sure. it's uh, yeah. it's nice beautiful region love it I love that place like Portofino and around there it's fantastic really good, great place so obviously all of us who grew up surfing we were all drawing little surf um, surf pictures in our notebooks and dreaming of the of the machine driven I mean, I know I was when I was a kid, and um, it, and then when I saw Wave Garden's video in 2013 and heard about Kelly Slater putting his thing together, I was like, "Wow, I can't believe this is actually happening." Did it, was it the same for you, or how did you first hear about wave pools and and, uh, and machine driven waves? So I think I stumbled upon a video of Wave Garden uh, when they really released the first uh, lagoon technology, uh, which like just you can see the the technology around like uh, really uh, nice landscapes and small mountains and just a wave rolling through even if it wasn't that big and uh, I don't know for me I was like them for, for Switzerland it would be amazing if we could have that and just train and like this when we go to surf trips we don't need like a lot of days to adapt and be used to be in the water again and surf so it was and then I follow closely all the technology coming up and also I looked at all the old technology in the 90s I've saw a lot of like uh, water parks who got some uh, nice technology as well, like but a really old one. And I, w- I was uh, got one video I was really obsessed obsessed with. It was the Electric Blue Heaven, something like this. Ah, uh, yeah, in Dubai. In du- or- yes, someone in Abu the, Dhabi. Sorry, Abu, Abu Dhabi. Dhabi. Yeah, and uh, to get these perfect uh, waves with just uh, sands everywhere, everything's fake. Look, look something unreal and. Uh, I got always this idea, and for me, the, the the real dream is to be able to ski and then surf the same day, as we are all like really linked to the mountain and the snow. So the the combination was was amazing to to think of that. So I mean, obviously, thinking about it and looking at videos on the internet is one thing. Uh, I think we we all done that, but now taking it to the next level and saying to yourself, okay, I'm going to build a wave pool in Switzerland. When did you make that commitment? So uh, when I really took the idea seriously i think it was september october uh 2015 when uh somehow when i finished my studies i was working and on the side i was like i really need to do something and like get a like kind of a real job (laughs) because making music wasn't (laughs) for me a real job and uh i was uh, talking with my family and i was like oh it would be amazing to have this a wave pool and etc and they say why don't you do it and somehow it clicked in my brain i was like yeah wh- yeah why why uh, just just go for it and uh that's really how in my brain it clicked and i was like, okay i'm gonna try to do a crowdfunding to to see if there is people around that support the idea and want to have this happen so uh, uh then i founded the company in january 2016 and then, uh, just right after I start the crowdfunding, we raise a hundred k in in fifty days. Uh, that's incredible. That, 
helped to la launch the, the first design with the architect and everything, and really to prove the investor and uh, and the local authorities that there was really like a need for that and people were really interested. And uh, it helped a lot for the recognition and to to talk to people that have no clue about surfing, especially in Switzerland. And why we want to bring a wave pool uh, in the heart of the Alps. Was the core of that um, project the, of the funding, was it to develop a market feasibility study just to show, like you say, like show investors and show the local partners, local government that it's actually worthwhile? Yeah, it was a, like a mix uh, between just to have the first drawing with the architect to, to go to... Uh, county to find plot uh, and also to a market study to see uh, for the investor so it was really a, a mix for everything and also like a kind of a public approval if if the project goes through it means that there's people and people interested if they put money ahead five years ahead so if people that trust that this can happen where do you start with things like that like say for example people around the world wanting to start a wave pool in their in their area Where do you, I mean, say they've got 100K to spend and they go yeah. and, and they do this. Where do you reckon they start? With the mayor or the, or the local town council? Yeah, I think it's not even with the money. What I did is like I went to every single uh, uh, small village or county we have and I talked to the mayor and uh, like explained him. It took me two, two to three years to find the plot. And I went to each one and I see if they have a, the, a plot big enough in the right zoning to do the project. And if they were uh, like liking it, if, if they want to promote uh, tourism or not. Luckily, where we are in, in Valais, uh, it's really tourism area. So people like, like to, to support those four season projects because lately we are only focusing in winter time and ski mm -hmm. resort. So mm -hmm. to come, I always said that it was kind of the magic world. Uh, that you say it's four season and people can enjoy in summer and winter as well. So basically, the, the, the hardest part was to find a plot. It took me uh, a long time and a lot of people didn't understand the project, didn't want a project. And uh, luckily, we were uh, able to find uh, a, a landowner that like was in an area or already surrounded by la small lakes and really understand the, the water focus and the tourism focus of this project and help us to secure the land. But uh, yeah, I think the, fir the first thing for to get to the hardest part is to get a permit and a plot. So if you want to do a, a project uh, where you live, it's really to find first uh, a plot. Yeah, land is vital, isn't it? And it looks like you've got great access in your land with a, with a highway and train going right through there. So it looks like a really, really good spot. Yeah, uh, we were really lucky. It was not really the the first option because it was too small the plot because it basically was two two people owning the the full plot and on the on the blueprint you uh, it couldn't fit in one in half of the plot. But somehow uh, we came back to that plot and really discussed with the neighbor to to find a solution to to have the full land like this. We can do the the project we wanted. But yeah, it was really. Uh, It's also luck, I think, because somehow you can look for years and years and didn't find the right position. Uh, but really, where we are now is next to a natural park with lakes around. We have highway in one side and train station, and the other side is full nature with a park. So we are really lucky where we are. Excellent. And, and how big is the land? Is it, what, about five hectares or is it more? No, it's, uh, so it's 17,000 square meters. 
is not uh, that big. We had to fit everything in that in that plot because we we have the small uh, print of the curve of the WaveGarden curve. So it's not a hundred fifty by a hundred fifty. It's a hundred by a hundred. Okay. So our wave pool is is only eight thousand five hundred square meter compared to Bristol. I think it's twenty three thousand square meter. The the pool. Um, so that's the that's different, and it's also interesting for WaveGarden to to see if uh, a small imprint can work as well. Because I heard that a lot of people are struggling to find like more than four hectares to to do a project. You know, especially in dense area, it's really tough to find a big spot. Yeah, it sure is. So, how many modules does that mean in a, in a WaveGarden curve? Because I think I'm um, just to put it into context. I th- just correct me if I'm wrong. I think Bristol's got. What um, forty modules? So they have there? they have thirty uh, they have thirty six or thirty eight modules. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Melbourne have forty six. So we have the same as Melbourne forty six. Uh, so basically, we have the same surf experience as uh, as Melbourne in terms of lengths to to surf. But what we're missing is basically the bay area where you have beginners taking the white water after the the wave breaks. So it only means that us we can only put forty people in the water instead of more than ninety people they can do in Bristol or um, or Melbourne. Oh, okay, so not really so much for. I suppose you could also do um, beginners as well, but it's mainly yeah. For yeah. So they have a special wave called the Waikiki wave, which is amazing to learn. But basically, the the pool will be dedicated for one hour to a beginner session, compared to where Bristol and Melbourne can have an intermediate or advanced session and also run beginner on the shores. Okay. And um, just talking about the amount of people, you say 40 at a time, how many people do you reckon um, you're going to get in your first year? Because I think Snowdonia did 150,000 people in their first year, which was amazing. Yeah, we, we, we're targeting more than 100,000 people. Uh, as we are located uh, basically next to a natural park where in summer is really crowded already. So we think we're going to have a lot of uh, tourists just coming by to see because it's it's unique. A lot of people have never been like involved or seen surfing in their life, uh, especially in Switzerland because we have no yeah. <laughs> no sea. So, they, exactly. so for some people, even still now, as the project is nearly done, a lot of people don't understand what we are doing. They all think we are doing like a static wave, you know, flow rider or stuff like this because they don't really understand the size of the pool and what the technology even if we show them videos of the wave garden they people don't get it until it's it's really there yeah it's it's such a new concept i guess for for so many people what so what's the what's the park itself made up of i mean what kind of facilities will you be having when you walk through the door so when you walk through the door you will have the reception on the right and then on the left we have a big surf shop uh 300 square meter of surf shop will be the one and only real surf shop in Switzerland because we have a a few shops that are like mixed for winter and summer, but uh, us will be really dedicated to to surf. So uh, we will have a half of it will be full of uh, really good gear for art goods and wetsuit. And then the rest, yeah. Is it branded at all, that surf shop, or are you just going to be selling it yourself, selling all the brands yourself? Uh, No, no, it's it's branded. We're going to work with a partner. We will announce it uh, early next year. Our, our partner that will manage the, the shop and sell the goods. Uh, but yeah, we, like these people and also what's nice, every single surfboard we will have at the shop will be also available at the surf school 
to try it out. So before you buy, you you can uh, have a go to the to the new uh, Eden Shape or the new uh, Kelly Slater Wave Pool uh, series or stuff like this. Excellent. Um, so. And then the, on the basically we have a second floor. Uh, on the second floor we have a big re- restaurant with a nice terrace. So the terrace is more than 400 square meter. So and is overlooking the the pool. It's uh, it's really nice and we are really close to the action. That's also the the positive part that we have a smaller imprint for the um, for the lagoon uh, as people are surfing really closer to the to the shores as we are missing 50 meters of uh, beginner area so when you are on the terrace you can really see the the people uh, barreling or having some nice turns it sounds like it'll make a spectacular scene for some competitions and I, and I know that Kelly Slater's competition didn't seem to go down that well have you got any ideas for competitions yeah, for sure. Like we also want to promote a lot of like local competition for Groms or for uh, for Swiss. Uh, but yeah, for, it really look like an arena uh, to see. And I know we've gotten uh, interested to also do uh, some tours to go in between pools to to host. And I saw now um, Stab High release a non-chlorine edit of their uh, competition. And they were they wanted to do uh, one in Waco and one in Melbourne. So I think also some competition like this can be nice to host to have some pros doing uh, a lot of airs in our pool. But that um, yeah, it sounds like that stab high thing was was stymied by by COVID nineteen. Obviously, I think as everything else in the world. But um, with the format of the competition, you know, it, it seems logical that Wave Garden can produce just random waves and even like lulls and and wait, you know, like like in between sets in the ocean. Because I think that was, in my personal opinion, that was a problem with Kelly Sutter. It was just the same every single time. Do you think you can vary it up a lot? Yeah, yeah that, I think that's the main difference. For for me, the Kelly Slater is really like a half pipe in the in the Olympic Games. It's like you can really train your tricks and have the perfect line, but uh, with the Wave Garden technology, they can really uh, mess it up. And uh, I think because with COVID now they couldn't try the competition mode for the for the pool, but I think they have a lot of idea how to generate that. And with this technology, you you could generate some random wave that will maybe uh, close out earlier or that well like do a barrel or do a air section. So I think with the fact that you can produce like like every ten second a wave will give a lot more wave to ride for the people and maybe can have a more or- original format like in the sea that you have like a 45 minute eat or 30 minute eat with like 10 wave each and the best two uh, compared to Kelly Slater where it's like you get two runs and that's it. Yeah, yeah it's much more variable in the wave garden. But talking about the wave garden itself, um, there's an, the, the air section that you mentioned. How does that work? Can you detail us that? So, so they they're trying to uh, I don't know if you saw the one in Korea. Yeah. So it's it's a prototype they are working on it and uh, it looks really really nice. It's uh, basically they they managed to make the section clo- close earlier like uh, Waco do and in in the ramp. I didn't have mo- much feedback and I couldn't travel because of COVID this year so it's a bit difficult to have inside but I know they they, they are they are keeping the secret a lot with Garden, but I know they are working on a on like a prototype that it can also be accessed for the public. Because for now, I know they're trying a lot for for pros to train on the air section. But I think if they make it an easy way to create that air section like this, even uh, average surfer can try. 
and uh, be better with that with the air because in, in the sea it's so difficult to find a nice section to to train sure yeah i mean because so if it's a secret obviously don't don't tell us any secrets but i was just wondering if you knew a little bit about the technology behind that air section because it seems like there was something there was almost like a, a block inside the pool and or maybe it's a movable part i'm not sure yeah, I don't know exactly how they do it. They told me that they they just managed to make the the section close earlier. And on the video, what I've looked, I've seen like it's uh, they put like a like a artificial reef or like a block underwater to to make it happen. But I know they're gonna come and try uh, in February next year uh, in our facility with the with the prototype. So then I will know a bit better. Cool. Okay. Well, we'll chat to you next year then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so back to the to the wave pool and the construction itself. Obviously, there's a lot of people, a lot of moving parts, and it's, it's a massive project. And how did you deal with the power? Because it's really challenging when you need to pull, I don't know, two to three megawatts to drive a wave garden. So for the electricity, you mean? Yeah, for the electricity, yeah. Uh, so luckily, where we are located in Switzerland, we are surrounded by dam with a lot of uh, hydraulic power. So as we are uh, like a medium consumer in terms of uh, average uh, during the year, so we can choose where we buy the, um, the electricity from. Uh, so we don't have to just take it from the grid. So with our pa electric partner, we take everything from hydraulic power so everything is local electricity. And for that, we really want to put a green uh, aspect uh, on that and a green touch. And also we have a photovoltaic uh, panel on the, on the roof to power the, the building. So, but for sure, it's, it's uh, a lot of energy. But we, we made a good comparison uh, because in Switzerland, we have a lot of ski lift. And basically, uh, one hour of wave garden is the same as one ski lift working during one hour four four seat uh, ski lift so that that's the the average so as we have more than 150 ski lift around uh, the area where we live so we are not scared that it's it's too much electricity it's just uh, compared to the rest it's just a small drop in the in the full consumption for tourism around oh that's excellent that it's so much more um, efficient than than ski lifts that's uh, yeah yeah it's that's because good. it's as it's modular wave garden it's uh, it's not like it's a constant energy you know it's not like they are pushing uh, the the engine all the time and they are it's not like they they're running like a ski lift non-stop you know it just they put they create a wave so it takes always time and the, the way they they did the technology it's really uh really good in energy saving so which is good for uh, for us and for the planet but that fluctuation in energy that you need with a, with running a wave pool does that was that a problem with electricity because they prefer obviously to sell you a, you know a standard amount of electricity it's easier for them isn't it uh, yeah for sure but as we now they have uh, like uh, three wave garden open they have a lot of data to give us wave garden like this we can uh, we can really share everything with the electricity company and uh, for them it's that because we're also located down the valley with a lot of industry around so it's not like we are a big consumer in in the area we have a, a few big uh, industrial company uh, 10 kilometers around us that consume a lot of electricity so it's not a, a main issue for us okay and the construction did you get your own construction company or did you use the wave garden supplied construction no no company? we we work with a local uh, general contractor that are in charge to to, to do everything uh because WebGarden provide us uh, the technology and help us the design of the pool and then 
uh, with the help of the general contractor and architect, we we designed the uh, the rest. They also give us input in uh, in all the operational settings as well, like how to to run the operation and also the feedbacks from why they did good and not good in other projects, what can be better. So it's it's also good to be in our position now that we are not the first one to open. Exactly. So a big hat off to Melbourne and Bristol because for them to to be the first one to open is is not easy, especially with a year like this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we were talking to Andrew Ross, and and he was saying, you know, it's you know, obviously they were they were breaking, you know, sort of breaking the way and uh, trying to to do something that's never been done before. And obviously, you can benefit immensely from from all that experience, which is great. And working with WaveGarden as well, I'm sure they're sharing all that information with you. Yeah, yeah. And for for us, it's a good timing because WaveGarden has been more than in 14 years they're working on the technology and now with a few uh, technology open for publics in the Snowdonia or Melbourne or Bristol and now Korea they they have a lot of uh, operational insight and also you know there is they bring they brought a lot of pro to run the, to try the prototype in Spain but uh, to have like average surfer to, to surf and to really see what kind of wave they enjoy and what's the real use for public it's really also interesting because we're always looking to run the best, the biggest wave. and But at the end of the day, uh, 90% of the client and surfer in the world just want to have a repeatable wave to, to have fun. And uh, you really see that uh, at the end of the day, people love just uh, an average uh, chest high wave to, to do some turns. Yeah, that's exactly what I want. <laughs> Um, but how did you make the decision to go with WaveGarden? Because that must have been a pretty critical uh, juncture in the whole project. So when did you do that? And, and were you obviously considering other other technologies as well? Yeah, so while I was looking for plots, uh, we were discussing with all the, like, uh, the other like technology providers. Um, and basically, the, the Kelly Slater wave pool, we talked with their team and... Uh, Really fast, we understand that they were we, we needed to have a f- more than 500 meter long and 300 meter wide lagoon. So to find a plot like this, it's it's crazy, and the cost to build a pool like this. So for us, the the wave garden, the Kelly Setter technology was a bit uh, out because it's yeah it's really difficult to make it happen. I think this kind of technology uh, at that at our time, Surf Lake wasn't really around. Uh, wasn't really uh, showing anything. So we discussed with uh, Wavelock as well, uh, the one they are doing now in Palm Spring, I think. Yeah, Surflock, uh, yeah. Yeah, Surflock. Uh, and uh, also American Wave Machine. But, you know, we, as a European, uh, I think to work with a... Uh, with someone that understands the Euro- European mindset and also to work with a country not that far, it's it's way easier. And uh, what we really liked about the Wave Garden approach is the fact that they really think for the public and they really think about to provide a lot of waves uh, for a lot of people, you know, comparing to other technology who maybe they try to have the best wave. Uh, wave Garden always look to to just have a lot of wave to give to people. And I think that's uh, when you run a business and also when you look at the average crowd, it's it's what it's it's really good is that we, we need to, people just want to surf, you know, to surf more. It's, we don't want to get barreled every every wave. But obviously now you've made your commitment with WaveGarden and sure they're, they're one of definitely the leaders out there at the moment. Um, but when you see, I just saw the video last night from Surflakes and it looks incredible. They pumped them up to maximum level. And I don't know if you've seen that video that they just released. 
Yeah, yeah, um, of course I've checked. Oh, it's beautiful. Don't you think, oh man, we could have had a, a surf lake here as well? Yeah, and I, for for the for the plot we had, I think uh, we couldn't afford to to do something that big because uh, we don't have the space to do it. Uh, but for sure, when I saw when I saw the the video, it looked amazing. And uh, but it's always videos, you know. Uh, that's the uh, that's the issue. And also behind that, the reality is that if you can be a nice technology creator and have crazy ideas and do the best wave, but then uh, to create a commercial product that you can sell to promoter and project leader to to develop it is is way different, I think. And uh, so when you talk with all the teams, they you can really feel that some people looked for to have a like a to find a project that will build the real prototype, you know. But to to have uh, people to build their own prototype, it's it's rare. And then to to really understand that they can sell you the machine and they can manufacture it, uh, it's also another story, you know. So it's for us to work with a European company and someone with. Uh, some background was uh, much safer, and I think we we are really happy to to work with Wave Garden. But looking the the Surf Lake video of, that went out recently, for sure, I think it would be nice to have a lot of technology around Europe, and you can just go to different surf breaks with other technology. And for me, it's like a surf spot. You know, you have some reef break, point breaks, and beach breaks. So we will have the same with technologies. Sure. Yeah, it's going to be an exciting future. Uh, can you describe some high points of your journey? Because obviously the last five years must have been pretty crazy for you um, to create this incredible point place. So what uh, what have been the high points for you, Adam? Uh, I think because I, I, on the side, we also launched a skate park, a trampoline park in, in the ski resort. So also the, the first years, as it took time to find a plot, to have the permit. So it's not a full-time job. You have a lot of high pressure moment, but sometimes for during two, three months, you just wait for answers. So the first three years was really busy to, to build the first park, Alaya Chalet, where we have a big skate park outdoor, in, indoor, and a trampoline park. And uh, on the side was just uh, to get use of the weight and the answer because you have we are so much motivated to do something but sometimes you just need the the local government to to give you the permit or give you an answer on some question and it's sometimes it takes months and you just lose time or wait because you think you can do much more but you just have to be really patient and uh, i think the 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 great moment was first to find and sign the plot with the with the owner that we, we can rent the plot and do there and then to to have the the permit it took us nearly two years to to obtain the permit, and we we had to go through a lot because the architecture was uh, not uh, in the taste of the local architect that worked for the town. So we had to redesign all the project again because they they, they agreed with the wave pool, but they disagreed with the design that they first approved. So we had to stop and restart the process. It was a bit of a pain in the ass to do that. I'm but, sure. Uh, and then the, the first time we, we dig the, the ground, you know, because you, we always talk to people and people think, oh, yeah, the project going to take years and years and you need to show something to people as well. So to, to see the first truck moving the ground around was really a nice feeling. Oh, I must have been crazy. Did you, did you have a bottle of champagne that day? Uh, uh, not that day. The day we signed with the general contractor, it was a bit earlier, but yeah, we, because to be able to sign with everyone, with WaveGarden, the general contractor, the investor and everyone was, uh, because we have, you have to pull a lot of string to make everything happen. It's a lot of, 
partners and people you don't really control and you it depends uh, with what weather is doing outside and everything so and and i think also the first the first time i visited the wave garden uh, also was a uh, just to try the technology because first i went to snowdonia and then i, I tried the uh, the lagoon technology uh, and then they invite me again. Uh, I was the first client to try the the Wave Garden Cove, and it was it was really a nice feeling because the they just released it and uh, tried it maybe five days before I arrived. So Josema, the the guy behind the technology, was always asking me questions in the water. Oh, can you do this? Or oh, try the beginner wave, try the barrel wave, try this. And for them, it was really a working progress. And to have the chance to be one day with them with their new baby and trying uh, this new technology was was also a special moment. Yeah, it's a magical place. I've been up there as well, and it's a, it's an incredible place to visit and just see these waves coming out of nowhere. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, exactly. And the hospitality they have there and the Spanish food, everything is oh, a, yes. the amazing experience. <laughs> yeah, we had a lunch up there in the Basque country. It's fantastic. Yeah, that really, really was amazing. Yeah, it's always a pleasure to go there. Yeah, good people. Um, so talking about people in the wave pool industry, d did you connect much with, with other wave pool developers like Bristol or whoever? And, uh, and which projects were you closest to? Yeah, we, we visited, um, Bristol. We connect, I didn't connect directly with Nick, but, uh, we connected with their operational team and, uh, it was quite helpful to give us a lot of, uh, insight about, uh, how they run the facility, how many people, uh, Etc. So it was nice, but we we just had some email chat and a few calls. Uh, we also have a, another Swiss project that uh, is based in Zurich, where we're also close with. They 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 started earlier than us, but they have to they have some issue with the the permit. It takes a long time, so we are close with them. And uh, we were supposed to travel a bit this year to go and visit uh, Korea and Australia, but uh, sadly. With COVID, we, we couldn't. So we had to stick with just one visit in Bristol. And uh, as I didn't have my, my full team when we visited Bristol, so a lot of my team now, we are 25 in the company. Uh, they didn't like, we, we could try the prototype in Spain, but for a lot of people, they don't really know exactly how the Wave Garden runs. And sadly, we cannot travel yet. So we just have to look at a lot in the videos and the content that the other wave pool shares and wave garden. Yeah, I think the world over, we're getting a little bit frustrated with COVID now, not being able to travel. And <laughs> But I don't think it's long now. I think hopefully another six months and then hopefully the world will start opening up. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. we, we hope that in spring when we, uh, we are up and running... Uh, this long behind us this story but let's look at europe with regards to the wave pool industry because you will be the very very first wave pool opening in europe right uh, what um there are lots of other plans being thrown around the blogs including our own on wave pool mag what do you reckon the next project in europe will be opening to the public i think you will ask me this before uh, before covid a lot of people were about to to sign or start the construction uh but since covid happened it's i think for a lot of projects that didn't start uh it was a bit tough to to, to continue in the situation because you don't really know what's going to happen for the next months or years but uh normally uh i was told that before us will have been uh, uh brazil and edinburgh but uh because of of covid i think they, they got some delay so lately in europe uh i don't really know i think birmingham a lot of projects happening in England, uh, but in Europe, I've heard I've heard a lot. Like Paris, they want to do a wave pool. 
uh, but with white water. They they want to do I think in like around Osgor Biarritz area. I've heard like two or three projects and uh, Spain as well. But I know they are struggling. So lately. Uh, I think all the cards been shuffled again. Who's gonna be the next one? Because uh, some people take delay that wasn't expected. Sure, and lots of projects in Germany as well. Huh? About f- I think there's four projects in Germany. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's uh, in Europe. I think there's nearly now twenty projects that people are really interested in, and uh, it's nice that it's really developing. But as it's a new type of business, and I think it's it's take a long time because it's not only about developing the technology; it's all the real estate business behind it is to build a facility, and this takes times. And uh, I think that's the the key element that also Wave Garden learned that. It's hard to sell a technology without a good real estate partner or a good uh, partner that can pr- uh, fast deliver something and open to public, which is a pain in the ass to get the permit to start the work and then to have the operational permit as well. It's a long process. It takes longer than on the plan. I mean, essentially, it's a commercial real estate deal in the beginning, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And and it's it's late, lately with the with COVID, I think a lot of development out of just the wave pool business is just just to develop any commercial facility i think in the next few years uh, it's going to take a lot of delays mm-hmm. but it's strange with spain because of wave guarding wave garden being based in spain you would think that they would be further along and i've seen some incredible plans for madrid and also down in, in malaga have you heard anything about that? Even yeah, yeah, uh, of course. I've, I've heard a bit of the Spain project and even Wave Gardens want to have a own project around San Sebastian. Uh, but I, I, when I was a kid, uh, I lived two years in Spain and I, I kind of learned how the, the Spanish ways and also how politics is really important there. And uh, for me, I feel like you, when the mayor ran for four years, uh, you have to be really smart to know when you put the project because if it's too early, it doesn't want to take decision because it just came to office. And then if it's too late, uh, it's going to leave. So it doesn't want to take any decision. So it's so political there that I feel like to get permit and approval to to run away, uh, it's it's really it's really difficult. And uh, for, for me, Spain it would be the perfect place because the weather is amazing. Or like Portugal, you know, it would be yeah. the perfect place to have a full year around the wave pool to... To enjoy, uh, but exactly. sadly, it's it's taking more time than than planned. So, what about Alaya Bay? I mean, um, Alaya as a brand. Are you gonna after you've completed this project? Are you gonna look to other areas? Yeah. So basically, right now we are finishing Alaya Bay with the surf pool, and then we already have Alaya Chalet, which is the skate park, and we are finishing a youth hotel in the ski resort in Cromontana which is called Alaya Lodge. And uh, the idea is really to create like an action sport destination where people can come and skate, ski, surf, and have accommodation and food for the same weekend or, or the same week. And uh, I think if we are able to pull this out and uh, see how it's going to be after two, three years, for sure, uh, we are really interested in, in the wave pool business. And I think my in my guts, I think the Switzerland can hold more than one uh, wave pool and i think at the end it can be two or three wave pool in switzerland but uh, that uh, is only theory and we will see uh, the affluence and uh, how many people want to come and surf at our facility but for me it's like golf course you know at the end of the day 
you, you can have uh, a lot of them around and you just switch from spot to spot, you know. Absolutely. I mean, down here in the Algarve in Portugal, we have 38 golf courses. And I <laughs> guess when golf courses were just invented and they were thinking about, oh, wow, we can only have one golf course here because, you know, yeah. there won't be enough people. But uh, I'm, so I'm sure you're right. In the future, we'll be able to sustain a lot more wave pools. I mean, personally, mm -hmm. Maybe a bit of a dream, but I reckon they'll be like football stadiums. But uh. <laughs> yeah, it would be it would be amazing. But you know, if you look at investment for golf course and the cost to to make it run for a year, it's really similar to to wave pool. So it's not that far uh, of an idea that maybe one day, if there's too much golf course, we can replace them with uh, wave pools. Yeah, I mean that's happening already in the UK, and also yeah, definitely for sure. Um, but I'm curious about the name Alaya because it means happiness in arabic but it's also got a strong surfing connection so how did you find the name and come across the name so the story of the name is basically when i was uh when i really thought about the the old project uh and everything i was surfing in france and uh, i was talking with some friends and i said oh if i if i walk into that store and i found an alaya to sell i buy it and somehow the first board there was an alaya for sale shaped by a local uh, shaper and uh, so i got the board and then four months later i started the company and i was i was looking for a name and and as with with the company the idea was really to provide and to to give back a, a nice image about action sport and for us the roots of everything was surfing as uh, skateboard came from surfing and snowboarding and uh, so really the roots were surfing and we were thinking about what's the roots of surfing and it's really the alaya surfboard and uh, for us and the name and everything means a lot and the story that i i bought one just before the to create the project was really kind of an eye opener that that's the and the name is really is really beautiful it and, is uh, so yeah that's how it's the story and also for the to explain to people uh it's it's a nice story to tell that everything comes from the alaya uh, now and in, in 2020 we have so many action sports and but at the end of the day everyone wants to try surfing and for us it's kind of the ultimate sport is a skater a snowboarder or even a golfer want to try uh and surf so it's, it's more than a sport you know it's something special surfing it's really unique yeah it's got a beautiful history but uh, excellent. Well, Adam, thanks so much for coming online. And where can we find uh, more information about you online? So you can go directly on alaya.ch or alayabay.ch. We have all the info. We just launched the uh, 10 days ago the, the pre-sales. That uh, for the we have a one thousand exclusive session to try during the pre-opening in spring. So that's what we. We are doing right now, and all the info is on the internet. And in January, February, we're going to launch a lot more news. And we hope that uh, in January and end of uh, February, we will have some waves running in the in the facility. And we can uh, show you guys what's what's surfing in the heart of the Alps. Oh, man, can't wait. Must be exciting. <laughs> exciting for you as well, I'm sure. Exciting yeah. for a lot of people in Switzerland and all around the whole of Europe. Yeah, we can really feel this excitement. It's amazing that we, we can bring a new sport uh, in the art of, of Switzerland and really create a new community of people. Well, congratulations, Adam, and thanks so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. For your curiosity and stoke.